0: Welcome to the revolution. Rapid Rev likes to take complex technology topics, break them down into easily digestible pieces, and inspire people while stimulating their mind. The technology of today is developing at an ever-increasing rate, and it can be so hard to keep up if there's no explanation. Rapid Rev explains that technology and makes it exciting. Without further ado, let's get started. Today's topics. We'll first start by explaining the new smart grid and all of its features and characteristics that make it the next evolution of the energy grid after that we will start touching on software control and interactions with the energy grid how it's done who's it doing it by and why it's so important and lastly we'll talk about home solar and electronic vehicles and how they might play into the future of the electronic grid before we wrap it up and conclude the episode to start off the conversation about the power grid let's first talk about how the conventional older power grid worked, and then we'll move into the topic of the new smart power grid, the grid 2.0, stuff like that. So the old power grid, first and foremost, is a top-down model. Power is generated at a power plant. It could be coal, nuclear, hydroelectric, any source, and then it's transmitted over large distances by high voltage transmission lines. These are the steel towers that you kind of think of when you think of the grid. After the power travels hundreds, maybe thousands of miles over the high voltage power transmission lines and it reaches that local distribution area, it goes through a substation where the voltage is stepped down and the power is basically a lot more usable for the homes and businesses that it's meant to service and supply power to. The important part of this is it's top down so power doesn't go from the local distribution area back up into the grid as a whole and it can't be distributed to other local distribution areas. It's only top down. The power grid has worked this way for an amazingly long time. And it's important to note that power grids are some of the most complex and large machines in the entire world. And they also frequently operate extremely reliably. So they are impressive, powerful, and highly engineered machines. So to come on and suggest that they need to evolve, well, there's gotta be a good reason. So what reasons are causing the power grid to change from this top-down only model to perhaps a more of a two-way model? Some of these reasons include renewable energy and the storage of power. So renewable energy is very common concept nowadays. Solar plants, wind farms, other power sources are able to generate energy, but they generate energy kind of intermittently. They don't do it all the time, it's not on demand, but when they're generating energy, they can generate a lot of energy. In addition to generating energy, they are often very cheap to produce or install or build a facility for, they've seen a boom in the amount of renewable energy facilities being built all over the world. Notably, California has just an ungodly amount of solar panels. Texas has a very large amount of wind turbines and solar panels as well. And with these increasing amounts of renewable energy facilities, they're starting to have an effect on the grid. Oftentimes, the renewable energy source produces power not at peak demand of power. During a sunny day, the solar panels are generating a lot of electricity, but then as the sun starts to go down and people go home from work or whatever else they're doing, they need energy after they get home and it's starting to get dark. Because the sun is no longer shining, renewable energy can't supply power at that time. So then peaker plants that are say natural gas powered have to come online, And as the demand for power increases, this creates a phenomenon known as the duck curve. And it basically is the contrasting decline of renewable energy production with the increase in energy demand. And this is the problem of intermittent renewable energy generation. How do you supply power to people when they need it if you're not producing it all the time? That's where storage comes in. Power can be stored in batteries, hydroelectric dams by pumping the water uphill and there are numerous other methods to store energy for use at a later time. However, because the old grid was a top-down model, the power cannot be easily supplied back into the grid for use whenever it was needed. While renewable energy and batteries are very big trends, there's also one other important trend to mention as well, the decreasing costs and increasing complexity and capability of information and communication devices. This just means that every single piece of equipment can have a sensor attached to it. And all of this sensing data can be transmitted back to places and companies that can use this data to manage the power grid more intelligently. Now that we've talked about renewable energy power, battery storage, sensors, computer chips and processors, and how they all change the grid, it's important to explain that not only is this happening at the side of the utility and energy provider and the power plant, it's also happening at homes and businesses as well. Businesses and homes can buy solar panels, batteries, and computer chips and incorporate all this equipment for producing and distributing energy back into the grid as well. Oftentimes, this equipment is called distributed energy resources. Some examples of distributed energy resources are Tesla power walls, solar panels installed on the roof, potentially Tesla solar roof, but even maybe electric cars because they have batteries in them that can store power that could be later dumped on the grid. It also includes things like gas generators. It includes Nest Learning Thermostat, which can manage power while someone's not home, smart energy management systems in commercial buildings. There's a whole lot of different distributed energy resources that can be used in a variety of way to generate power or manage power usage without active input by a person. Oftentimes, these distributed energy resources are known to be behind the meter. They're at the grid edge. They are behind the meter because they act and operate after the power has been delivered from the grid to the home or business while all these distributed energy resources are small pieces of equipment and if you view them individually they might not amount to much however on a larger aggregation and a larger scale they can have a massive impact these distributed energy resources can be grouped virtually into different virtual power plants For example, say Tesla decided to become an energy utility and deliver power from homeowners power walls back into the grid by taking a cut and providing value to the homeowners and also to the grid. They could use software to leverage all these power wall batteries and provide power to the grid. That would be a virtual power plant. However, there's also a concept of microgrids, and this is more of a physical aggregation of distributed energy resources. It can be a building, it could be a subdivision, it could be a smaller part of a building, say one wing of a hospital. These microgrids can manage their own power, store backup power, and also put energy back into the grid or into the microgrid above it as well. So there's two ways to aggregate the distributed energy resources, physically or virtually through software. With the possibility of these distributed energy resources being installed almost anywhere at any home or any business, you can start to imagine how complex it would get to manage all of this. How does all this power get put back into the grid? Where does it go? When is it put into the grid? When are they allowed to put energy back into the grid? How are they paid for the energy they supply to the grid? There's a lot of questions around this and it can make it very confusing very fast. So to tackle the task of managing distributed energy resources, the power grid as a whole, this is where we get into the topic of software and how it interacts with the grid. Software can be used to manage all of the power, where it's going, who's it going to, when is it going to different areas, and pay different producers for the energy they provide to the grid, or charge consumers for the energy they take from the grid. There's a variety of companies that are getting into this energy software market. But I think one of the most important ones to acknowledge is Tesla. But before we get into exactly the operations and the software that Tesla has developed, it's important to say the major implications. Grid energy software will allow companies, consumers, homes, businesses, anybody that has energy assets to both optimize the use of their energy consumption or production optimize their equipment, say storing energy in a battery between 20 and 80% to prolong its life. They'll also be able to manage complex relationships between power plants and the grids they supply power to as well, while juggling when those power plants want to store energy in their own on-site batteries. And not to mention, the price of power being put into the grid or taken from the grid changes depending on the time of day, and there's a complex rate structure, and it's also geographically diverse. So with all this complexity, energy software will simplify it, handle all the heavy lifting, and allow anybody with energy assets to smartly consume power or smartly distribute that power and do it very profitably. So back to Tesla. Tesla has a few different energy softwares. Well, the most famous is known as AutoBidder, but they also have PowerHub and Opticaster as well. Tesla's energy softwares can be potentially used by both utility, and homeowners and businesses, blurring again the lines between power producers and power consumers. So let's dive into it. So what is Tesla AutoBidder? Well, in name and by Tesla, they say AutoBidder is a real-time trading and control platform that provides value-based asset management and portfolio optimization, basically allowing any operators to maximize their revenue according to their objectives and risk preferences. One of the key parts of AutoBitter is value stacked monetization. Value stacked monetization is basically using the one set of batteries at your battery storage plant to do multiple different objectives and services all at the same time and planning for them and operating in real time and in day ahead markets. For example, some of these different services include working in wholesale markets, working at the transmission and distribution level of the grid services, They also can do renewable firming and shaping, which is storing energy from renewable power producers for later use. They can also be used in bilateral contractual arrangements where a contract is agreed upon between the battery and say another power plant. And there's other portfolio needs. The list could go on and on. Tesla Automator allows all these different services to be managed simultaneously, allowing the batteries to do multiple different services at once both in real time and in day ahead future markets. Within AutoBidder, the machine learning and the algorithms allow the software to do price forecasting, load forecasting, generation of energy forecasting, optimizing dispatch of energy, and smart bidding on the power grid as a whole. Because of this machine learning aspect, AutoBidder's algorithms, and they improve the management of the equipment, its longevity, its integrity, while also generating high economic returns. So that's enough about AutoBidder. Let's now talk about PowerHub. According to Tesla, PowerHub is an advanced monitoring and control platform for managing distributed energy resources, renewable power plants, and microgrid. Whereas AutoBidder was mainly focused on monetizing battery storage plants, PowerHub seems to control not only battery storage but also renewable energy generation like solar panels and wind turbines, and also the connection with the grid as well. PowerHub provides a single visual interface to oversee and control all of these different assets, allowing visual interpretation and control of the whole fleet of energy assets. Lastly, OptiCaster is Tesla's intelligent software that's designed to maximize economic benefits and sustainability objectives for distributed energy resources. By using again, the machine learning and the optimization through algorithms, all these assets can be optimized for longevity while also delivering high economic returns. At the heart of Opticaster is machine learning and that's what makes it so powerful. As Opticaster operates on more renewable energy assets and distributed energy resources across the world, it will come better and better at both managing those assets, responding to grid conditions, producing economic returns while managing a larger and larger variety of energy assets. On the consumer side, Opticaster can automate utility bill savings. It can do this by navigating the complex rate structures, which are influenced by, you know, daily, monthly, and annual demand charges, time of use energy and demand rates, real-time energy rates, and larger grid level demand charges. On the producer side, Opticaster enables its users to provide valuable energy to the grid through different revenue streams while accounting for export energy limits, throughput rates, and power backup storage constraints. When a site or user begins using Opticaster, their equipment can be controlled virtually over the air. For example, say that a battery storage site is connected to the grid and a demand for energy is called for 24 hours in the future. By responding to this demand of energy over the air, the local site that's using Opticaster can incorporate this demand for energy into its daily operations and unlock further economic benefits by responding to this future energy demand and integrating into its real-time operations. Because this entire operation is handled over the air over the internet it is very reliable while relying on highly efficient computing improvements in software allowing communication between local sites and cloud computing centers to operate both reliably and economically favorably so that's a brief description of the variety of different energy softwares that tesla provides currently this energy software like autobidder and Opticaster, is in use at a site called the Hornsdale Power Reserve in Southern Australia. The Hornsdale Power Reserve is a battery storage facility with approximately 200 megawatt hours of energy storage capacity. Using Tesla's energy software, the Hornsdale Power Reserve can do three functions among a few others. These are system integrity protection, fast frequency response, and power regulation. System integrity protection is a function where the batteries are used to provide protection to the grid and supply power into the grid in the case of an extreme event. This event could be loss of a power plant and the generators at it. As this power plant goes offline, a lot of energy is no longer being supplied to the grid. And because the grid is interconnected, a surge of energy could come from a different point in the grid on the energy poor area. As energy surges into this part of the grid, it could damage equipment, and trip different parts of the grid because they are protecting themselves however as different parts of the grids trip and go offline power is no longer be able to supply to different areas and regions and load shedding begins load shedding is basically rolling blackouts and can extend up into a widespread blackout if the response is not fast enough to prevent this surge from happening the hornsdale power reserve can dump large amounts of energy onto the grid at times of extreme events when say generators go down a facility by providing all this power into the grid at once it prevents the surge while also maintaining electrical service to consumers the next function is fast frequency response for contingency events that are not quite as severe and do not require system integrity protection fast frequency response is when the hornsdale power reserve can dump energy onto the grid to ensure that the frequency of ac power on the grid stays at its desired frequency. In Australia, that's 50 hertz. When these contingency events happen, the Hornsdale Power Reserve can act and dump all this power onto the grid in as little as 100 milliseconds, and it can do this both for fast frequency response and also system integrity protection. This fast response provides grid stability and also helps protect different equipment connected to the grid. The last function and arguably one of the most important, is power regulation. It is similar to fast frequency response because it is involved with keeping the grid operating at its desired frequency. However, it's more forwardly planned. A power generation plant can engage in power regulation in the future, where they agree to supply or absorb power from the grid at a given time. The Hornstail Power Reserve can agree to both store or dump energy back onto the grid in an agreed upon amount and time frame. Frequently, when power regulation is needed, it is charged at a higher price. The Hornsdale Power Reserve can sell its services with energy storage at a high price and capture large economic returns. In 2018, 2019, and further into 2020, the Hornsdale Power Reserve has been able to capture approximately 15 to 20% of this regulation market. By acting in this regulation market, the Hornsdale Power Reserve has both increased its profits and its revenue while also decreasing the price of energy for energy consumers in southern Australia. So those are the three functions that the Hornsdale Power Reserve can do, and it's important again to mention that it is enabled to do this by Tesla's energy software such as AutoBidder and Opticaster. The use of Tesla's energy software at the Hornsdale Power Reserve is the longest known example and use case of Tesla's energy software. However, in Europe, Tesla joined the European Power Exchange, which is an electric power exchange operating in several of the major European markets. Tesla's Autobitter platform will allow customers with energy storage assets to monetize those energy storage assets in the electricity markets of Europe. With Tesla entering Europe and Australia, the US, and over 30 countries worldwide, Tesla's energy software looks to dominate the future of energy control software on the grid. There are three reasons why Tesla's energy software looks likely to dominate in the future. The first reason is that renewable energy facilities, plants, and battery storage systems are being installed and built at an ever-increasing rate. Additionally, if the cost of batteries can be decreased by 10 times, then battery storage facilities will become extremely economically competitive. Secondly, all of these energy assets, whether they be utility, renewable energy facilities, or home solar and batteries, must have some control software or else they will not be able to engage in the energy grid and provide economic returns. Lastly, Tesla's energy software will only get better due to its machine learning aspects and its algorithms and its software. Tesla's energy software will get better as it is used in more use cases, collects more data, and learns from its past operations to better optimize future operations for a variety of energy assets. So to wrap up Tesla's energy software, it will be able to allow two-way operation between grid, utility services, and the consumers of energy back and forth, and will manage complex relationships with energy storage contracts, different pricing at different times, all automatically while producing the best economic benefits for its users. Before we conclude, let's talk about Tesla's other projects. These projects include Tesla's solar roof and also their electric vehicles, which are widely known. Tesla is currently developing its solar roof version 3. The solar roof version 3 is a solar panel that's integrated into a roofing shingle that looks like normal roofing shingles, but it also produces power. The benefits of Tesla Solar Roof V3 allow it to generate energy while also being extremely durable for the homeowner. In addition to Tesla Solar Roof, they also produce a wide variety of electric vehicles. These electric vehicles have large batteries in them that could be used for storing power to sell onto the grid. If vehicle to grid technology improves and regulations allow for it, owners of Tesla vehicles will be able to actively participate in the energy grid, potentially allowing them to make money from the car that they own. Tesla solar roof V3 and the different electric vehicles they make are part of Tesla's larger strategy to dominate the energy grid, both from a software side and a hardware side in the future. So to wrap it all up, we talked about the smart grid. The smart grid is different from the old grid, which was a more top down model and didn't allow two way power transfer. The smart grid is incorporating renewable energy storage and renewable energy production, distributed energy resources, and other behind the meter devices into the energy grid. With all these smart grid elements, Tesla's energy software will do the heavy lifting and manage all of these assets automatically. Tesla's energy software, namely AutoBidder and Opticaster, have been used in Australia. They're entering use in Europe, and in the future, they could be all over the world. That's all for today for the smart grid and energy software for the grid. In the future, we might touch on topics like batteries, pumped hydro, hydrogen electrolysis, different energy storage options for advanced energy storage. We might touch on anode-free batteries, all sorts of topics that could impact the future of the energy grid. We will continue this energy grid series in the future, so come on back. Thank you so much for tuning into this RapidRev podcast hope you learned a lot about the smart grid. And if you wanna learn more about different complex technology topics, check out RapidRev on YouTube. We make videos to break down these topics as well. Also, if you want even more of RapidRev, check out the Discord, the Twitter, the Instagram. Come join the revolution and be fascinated with all the new technology that's being developed, while RapidRev can help you understand it and break it down into easily digestible information. So again, thank you for listening and have a great day.